Coming up, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me. Pluck from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself. So I seized the door was open. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude. And now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis. Studied the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight. This ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as we collaborate. Mikey Rock is giving me brand as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio. It's the, it's the radio. Welcome back Sucker, to another Sucker episode radio. of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. And I am your host, as it says in the theme song, Jeremy Brand. Um, this week, we have a big guest, not in size, but in heart and stature and main event status, that's right, coming up in a few minutes, I will be chatting with the killer himself, Cub Swanson, but first I'd like to just, you know, start off by thanking Onnit.com, they're our sponsors, head on over to Onnit.com, enter in the coupon code MMASUCKA, and you will earn yourself 10% off any and all supplements in their store. These guys have everything, you know, um, for performance, um, for everything, for strength and fitness and and whatnot. These guys have it, and, and you'll be impressed with everything at onit.com. I take some Alpha Brain in the morning, and it kicks off my day. So check them out at onit.com. Enter in the coupon code M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A for 10% off. Your entire supplement purchase. Now, a couple news tidbits I'd like to get to before I chat with my guest. Um, one thing this past weekend, we had a giant fight weekend. We had Bellator 131, we had World Series of Fighting 15, and we had UFC 180. Congratulations to each and every one of those organizations. Congratulations to Fabricio Verdum for becoming the UFC interim heavyweight champion. He uh, knocked out Mark Hunt in spectacular fashion, a flying knee. Hunt brought it the entire fight, well, the entire two rounds that it went, um, knocking down Fabricio on a number of occasions. I've heard people say, oh, did he fall down onto his back to bait Hunt? Who knows? But Hunt chucked him, threw him, uh, clocked him a few times with some big, hard punches, and Verdum kept on coming forward. So hopefully we get to see Verdum versus Cain Velasquez um, somewhere in early 2015 because that's a fight that makes a heck of a lot of sense, and we can unify the title. Saturday night, as I said, Bellator 131. This card, Tito Ortiz versus Stefan Bonner. I myself wrote on MMASucker.com that, you know, it was it came in second place, in my honest opinion. But from the sounds of it, it came in huge. It peaked on Spike TV with 2 million viewers, and it was the largest network TV fight 
on on Spike TV. This is huge for Bellator. It was a giant card. It had some great fights on it. It was fun to watch. I, I know a lot of people were flipping back and forth with people actually sticking with Bellator over UFC 180 just because of name value. The fights were good. The names on the card were good. And, and that's what you have to go by sometimes. So congratulations to Bellator. Unfortunately, World Series of Fighting falling in a dead last. On uh, Monday, following UFC 180, you know we had the Time Is Now press conference. Supposedly, big news was going to be announced. Yes, they unveiled their 2015 calendar. Unfortunately, we don't know where any of those fight cards are taking place. They simply announced the dates. Oh, well, that's fine. We know the dates of these cards. We know they're heading to certain areas for a number of different fights. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. The big announcement did not come. Unfortunately for fans that were awaiting some giant news, Dana White said they didn't have time to make it happen. Of course, that sucks. Anyways, that is that with the news. I'll go over a few other little tidbits of news later on in the show. But uh, coming up right after this, I'll be chatting with Cub Swanson. My next guest is one half of the UFC Fight Night 57 main event this Saturday night. Please welcome Cub Swanson to Sucker Radio. Cub, thanks a bunch for joining me today, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Now, I don't want to get too much into this because I want to focus on the task at hand, but I know you're getting a ton of talk about you know, Conor McGregor and his big mouth leading up to this fight. So I'm going to keep it short. Um, during Monday's The Time Is Now press conference, the Irishman said he wants you to win, but only because he thinks that uh, he can smack that title shot right in your face. Does this get in your head at all? And are you legitimately worried that you may not get the title shot? Um, no, I'm not worried. And uh, I have no idea what he's even talking about anymore. I think he's, I think he's going senile, to be honest. <laughs> it's it seems like Connor, you know, the guy is getting almost special treatment, understandably because with the fact that everyone's talking about him whether they love him, they hate him, the guy is is being talked about so much these days. Do you feel like he deserves to be treated that way? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love for everyone to put him on a pedestal and just put him way up there and when he falls off, it's going to be pretty funny. A little bit sad, but it, it'll be funny. Yeah, I think I agree. I think so as well. But and I think he needs to be tested a little bit. Would Would you like to be that next guy to test him, or is the title shot immediate future? Oh, I I got bigger and better things to do. As much as you know, people are are talking about him and think he's the next big thing. Well, he can wait his, his damn turn. So. Uh, I've been in this division for seven years. I've been fighting the toughest fights. I don't get special treatment. Uh, I fought my way up here, uh, and so uh, I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> All right, let's focus on Frankie Edgar. It was announced that you'd take him on in this main event, and there were people that that were sort of surprised because they would thought you would sit out and wait for the winner of Jose Aldo versus Chad Mendes, which we now know the result um, were you impressed by the champs' performance that night? Oh, definitely. I was impressed by both of them. Um, but uh, Mendez kind of went right at him and 
and gave him a hell of a fight. But Aldo answered with, with uh, you know, like a champion would and hit him with some good shots. Every time he got hit, he answered right back. And I think that's what secured him the title. Now, you fought some of the best in the world, both in the UFC and, of course, back in WEC. Heck, You've even fought Jose Aldo. It, it that was quite some time ago. Saying that, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, my next fight is always my toughest." Do you really feel that this fight against Frankie Edgar is the toughest fight of your career? I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like it's definitely one of my biggest. Uh, I don't know if it's my toughest because I haven't fought him yet. That's. Um, I'm expecting a, a very tough fight, but I also uh, I'm very confident in my ability and and where I'm at in my career. Edgar is, you know, the guy we saw it against Gray Maynard on a number of occasions. He's like a zombie in the cage where he gets hit, rocked, and, and then continues to move forward and, and wins the fight. Um, how do you plan on dealing with a guy that has such a unique fighting style and, and pretty much the most durable guy in the division? Um, you try not to think about it. You know, uh, he was facing other people, not me. So I can only look at film and, and see what he's got to offer and um, fight him the way I'm going to fight him. I put um, a question out there to fans that were having you on the show, and, and this was one of my favorites. Phil from Vancouver asked, um, Edgar has had several shots at the title, including holding the belt, obviously. Do you feel that since you haven't, you're perhaps hungrier than he is? Um, maybe, but you know, I don't know that, you know, uh, only he knows that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't expect to, to fight a lesser Frankie Edgar. I'm, I'm training for the Frankie Edgar that beat BJ three times that, that had wars, um, uh, with, uh, Ben Henderson that fought Aldo to a close decision. And, uh, so I'm fighting in my mind, I'm fighting the best Frankie Edgar. And, uh, that's what I got to think about. You seem very, very calm and relaxed right now. Is this, has this been a typical fight week for you, or um, because this is such, this fight does have such big magnitude? What, what has fight week been like for you? Um, I, I'm just naturally calm like that. You know, uh, <laughs> you, uh, this is pretty early in the morning for me, so I'm just kicking back, sipping my coffee, and then and, and talking to you guys. So it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty simple. I'm not, you know, worried about the fight until uh, I'm laced up and I'm in there. No kidding. Now let's move away from the fight itself a little bit. You've won bonus awards in four of your last five fights. Um, that's a significant amount of money, two hundred thousand uh, dollars to be precise. What did you do with your bonus winnings? Did you buy anything cool? Did you donate to any charities? Uh, what happened with that cash? Um, I actually do a lot of charity work, um, and I like to donate to, like, um, stuff around me, um, you know, like, uh, kids trying to, to make it to, like, wrestling tournaments and, um, you know, kids going to boxing, uh, tournaments, uh, stuff like that, and, uh, you know, stuff that I can see, uh, you know, that makes a difference right in front of me. But uh, I really don't like to splurge on, on, on dumb stuff. I've seen so many fighters as I was coming up um, dropping money in Vegas like like it was nothing. And uh, I just 
I refuse to do that. I have actually saved all my money, and um, I just bought my second house. Wow, that's huge. That's awesome. Do, do you, these charities that you donate to and these kids that you help go, you know, go to boxing tournaments and, and stuff like that, do you actually go and watch them? Sometimes. Sometimes, uh, you know, they're, they're competing quite often. So uh, whenever I get a chance, um, I'll go check them out. And, um, you know, we have, uh, we have a strong kids wrestling program back home and a strong uh, kids boxing program where you know these kids are traveling all over the nation so uh whenever the you know i can help out i like to and uh you know then i also just do a lot of uh charity events back home that's awesome now we had joe lozon on the show a few times and he's always good for you know a backstage story he actually broke the story of how uh, Dana White had him grapple Nick the Tooth for money every time he subbed him on our show. Can you give us your best backstage story or, or behind-the-scenes sort of story that would have people thinking, like, oh, my gosh, that actually happened? <laughs> oh, man. Not not offhand. Um, maybe if you narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> there's so never like, uh, fight there's, camp or I don't know. Yeah, it, camp. I I mean maybe behind the stage before you're heading out to the fight or or after the fight or this during this fight week possibly. Um Chad, nothing's been too crazy out here. We're, we're actually <laughs> we're way out here an hour out of town. So, uh the craziest thing we've been having to do is drive back and forth into town to do media. <laughs> now finally we have a segment on on suck radio called taddy talk which is with a tattoo artist named daniel sass he's from up here in vancouver he's a huge fan of yours and and would like to know of all your pieces you have which is your favorite like which one do you walk by the mirror and, and you're like damn that looks good <laughs> um i don't know how often i do that but uh... <laughs> Uh, I really like the the tattoo on my forearm. Um, you know, I, I like all my tattoos. I, I've gotten some criticism for them, but it's just because people don't know like what they mean or, or why I got them. Um, but like my palm trees, I got um, when I was like 20, and that was because uh, I knew one day that I was going to be on TV fighting, and uh, I, I knew it that I was going to make it. And I wanted to represent my hometown and, and let people know kind of story of my life. Um, and, and so I had got that tattoo way before I ever got on TV. Um, but the one on my forearm says victory is reserved for those willing to pay its price. And that's an art of war quote. And I actually got that when my jaw was wired shut um, just to remind myself everything that I've, uh, you know, I, I've sacrificed to get to where I'm at. Any plans for any new ink? Um, I've been getting my right leg done, um, kind of like a day of the dead, uh, you know, skull and roses tattoo. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to finish that up. All right. Finally, before we let you go, I know I said that was the final question, but Saturday night, Frankie Edgar, how do you see and visualize this fight playing out in your mind? I know fighters say, oh, I could see it going different ways, but what is your ultimate goal to have this fight play out as? Um, 
you know, I don't want it to go past three rounds. Uh, he had specifically asked for five fives. Um, I feel like he he thinks that that's the best option for him is to take it to decision. Um, so I see that as a personal challenge to not let it go that far. He has come Swanson. He'll be taking on Frankie Edgar this Saturday night live on Fox Sports 1. Cub, it's been a pleasure, man, and good luck on Saturday night. Uh, thank you, bud. I appreciate that. Thank you to Cub Swanson for joining me, sounding very relaxed. Uh, the calm before the storm, maybe, come Saturday night against Frankie Edgar. I'm sure Sass is going to love the fact that he spoke about his tatties and, and whatnot and the fact that he's working on his right leg, which is sort of cool. Uh, so there you go, Sass. You got it. He talked about tatties. He's got some projects coming up. <laughs> Right after this, Justin Puro will give us his unpopular opinions. Hello again, everyone. It's me, Justin Puro, back for more unpopular opinions on MMASucka.com. So, hey, did you save the date? Were you there for the UFC's press conference on Monday where they didn't have their announcement ready? Stuff like that makes the whole sport look bad. And I've always found that you can't trust the people who make big promises because they seldom deliver. If you wanted to make the announcement, why not make it a surprise? Then everybody's scrambling to report on it. You know, I don't know if it's uniforms. I don't know if it's the return of GSP. I don't know if it's Dana White finally deciding to uh, go through, decide that he's really a woman and... Have gender reassignment surgery. I don't know what it was going to be, but as it stands, I was right about that being a disappointment. However, one thing I wasn't right about, and many things I wasn't right about, was the UFC 180 card. Oh, good grief. I I crapped the bet on those picks, but such is life. However... You cannot say that I wasn't right about Mark Hunt. Fabrizio Verdum did not take him down. He rocked Fabrizio Verdum multiple times. The man even survived in Verdum's vaunted Fedor killing guard. So, anybody who tries to say that Fabrizio Verdum looked like he was performing poorly in the cage that night, I would like to give you a crowbar so that you can cure yourself of your rectal cranial inversion. Yes, that's right. Get your head out of your ass and realize that it's not that Verdum was having a bad day. It's that Mark Hunt has improved that much. So, maybe say that was a good fight. Verdum, sorry, Verdum managed to finish it and... I can't wait to see him versus Cain Velasquez, because that will be a great fight. But still note that Mark Hunt looked great even in the loss, even in getting knocked out. I think he looked good, and I think had he been all there mentally and not having issues at home, well, he could have won that fight. But that's neither here nor there. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, and certainly not in MMA. Well, maybe with some of the judges it counts, but... uh, in reality, it shouldn't. And uh, Conor McGregor, he, of course, 
got everybody riled up again, calling Dennis Seaver a Nazi. I'm sorry. Connor, with your tattoos and beard and all that, you look a little more like a white supremacist than uh, Dennis Seaver does. And uh, I'm very sorry, but if you think that any blonde German is a Nazi, you've got to you gotta maybe lay off the scotch, brother. Lay off the whiskey. Uh, Seaver is not a Nazi, you know? I could go on some big tangent about uh, Seaver having whatever, but I won't. Just the guy hasn't gone out and espoused Nazi views. He hasn't gone out and uh, raised his hand like he's hailing a cab wrong while going Heil Hitler. So, no, Dennis Seaver is not a Nazi. And that was a very, very poor misstep from Connor Evan McGregor. And uh, after the Anthony Rumble Johnson was cleared of the civil crap, you know, legal proceedings against him for domestic assault, it, I've been thinking more and more, the UFC really does need a uniform blanket policy on dealing with its athletes who have or are engaging in domestic abuse. There has to be, you can't punish guys completely. If they've done it in the past, you can't just say, okay, well, he had a conviction when he was 18, so he's never going to fight in the UFC. You can't do that. You have to allow for rehabilitation. But that said, there has to be procedures in place for when one of their athletes is under suspicion, is has been arrested, has been charged, or is even brought into civil court. And I don't mean give them one of your lawyers. No. I believe that the UFC needs to sit down with their legal team, not with Matt Hughes, because Lord knows that he is not the man you want helping fighters to behave intelligently and giving them codes of conduct because, well, we all know the stories about his shenanigans. But a good first step would be if you've been convicted, there has to be some evidence of contrition and of rehabilitation. You have to have served your jail time and it has to have been in the past because you know what? Some people do do things because they're stupid kids like Alexander Gustafson and his assault charge. But if someone under the UFC's employ is being investigated for uh, domestic abuse or domestic violence, then they need to be suspended indefinitely, like they did with Anthony Rumble Johnson. But that has to be across the board. If, for whatever reason, it comes out that John Jones smacked his woman up, then uh, he needs to be suspended indefinitely. If he is... Actually, that should really just be the policy. If your fighter is arrested for any felony, just suspend them until the end of the legal proceedings. I would think that would be common sense, but... I don't know. But you have to at least give the... Sorry. Give the appearance that you care about what's going on, that you want to be a pillar in the community. 